Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 12th of October. This is your host, Kyle Owen. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-host, Kobe Jackson. Got a lot to cover today, starting off with some Texas State soccer, but before we get to all that, let's throw it to Kobe for a word from our sponsor. Twin Beach Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 and Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, uh, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eat, drinks, scenic views. Like I was saying, guys, we're going to get things kicked off here with some Texas State soccer. Texas State soccer, 10-2-2 two two on the season. Got a 4-1-1 record in Sunbelt Conference play. And uh, coming off a road win off of the Ragin' Cajuns, this Texas State soccer team has solidified themselves at the top spot in the West. And then uh, and uh, got a pretty good season coming up, uh, coming coming down the wire. And uh, it's, uh, it's going to come down to it. I mean, the, the points... In the for the Sunbelt Conference soccer standings, I mean it's 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 looking tight right now. Uh, Texas State has 13 points in the West, top of the East Division. James Madison, who Texas State lost to a couple weekends ago, and then right behind Texas State in the West Division, South Alabama and Arkansas State creeping up behind with 12 points, and then you drop down to seven with ULM. But Texas State soccer still, like I said, solidified themselves in the top spot in the West division of the Sunbelt conference. So uh, the Bobcat soccer looking forward to uh, maybe a Sunbelt conference championship and, uh, and Steve Holman's first season here at Texas state. Yeah. I think Texas state rebounded very well last weekend, especially after the loss on Thursday night against James Madison, they gave up three goals and they go to Louisiana and then they rebound real well. Maddie Goss with a goal of her own and Olivia Wright with a goal as well. I mean, this is a Bobcat team who, who need to put a win together and they sure enough do. They're trying to, approach the most wins in program history at 14 as uh, right around the corner from that and Caitlin Christman is currently tied 10th all-time um, with most wins in a season with nine at the moment so this is a Bobcat team who is playing strong be behind Caitlin Christman and Steve Holman as well yeah no doubt and you know Steve Holman we've been talking about him how you know how consistent how bonded this you know women's soccer team is but like Kyle like you said winding down towards the Sunbelt Conference you know got four games left with Troy you know South Alabama Marshall and then Appalachian State and then conference uh, tournament it's going to be it's going to be a tough you know tough you know, week or four weeks for the Bobcats, but so far that what they've been doing so far this season has been most impressive, and hopefully the momentum can continue that as they get closer to closer to tournament play. Speaking of the things that the Bobcats have been doing well, uh, their their shot advantage as well as the defensive stand that they've had uh, throughout the season, uh, Texas State, uh, they've been going ahead and 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 scoring a lot of goals just by putting the ball towards the net. Uh, Thirteen shots on goal against Louisiana, against eight. Uh, for the Ragin' Cajuns and uh, six on goal, four uh, four away from the goal. But uh, 
And then uh, saves and corner kicks as well. Texas State dominating corner kicks against Louisiana, seven to two in that one. And then uh, and keeping the fouls down too. Uh, even you, you usually um, when you have uh, the the high goal advantage, you you play a lot of defense there at the end, and you you kind of surrender some fouls. But uh, Texas State um, holding that one down uh, with uh, with only eleven fouls against Tech, uh, Louisiana's twelve. So um, Texas State soccer been uh, been been putting it on, been doing a lot of things well, and uh, I just. They're just such a whole, uh, whole and complete team that mm-hmm. um, that I, I I just I can't see them uh, doing anything slight of uh, of a Sun Belt championship unless uh, you know James <laughs> Madis- Madison has something to say about that. But um, I'm sure Holman and this Sex State soccer team is looking for revenge there in the Sun Belt Conference tournament, and uh, if if it comes down to it, I'm sure they'll get it. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting matchup whenever they're back at home in two weeks' time on October 20th when they host South Alabama. Um, that one will be right here on KTSW, so make sure to tune in for that one. They are on the road against Troy. Um, Troy's always a good opponent as well, so as Kobe mentioned earlier, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks, and hopefully they can make a run deep into that Sunbow Conference tournament. Yeah, Troy this year, only 3-6-3 three, and three on the season, 1-3-2 and two in the Sunbelt Conference. And uh, in that standings, they're uh, sitting there in second to last in the West Division with only five points on the season so far for the conference. So um, Texas State, I mean, either way, it's going to be a tough one. It doesn't matter what the record says or how many points they have in conference play. Um, uh, an away game is going to always be uh, something that, uh, the, an away game is always going to be something that uh, that that happens. Uh, that's just a, a more difficult game than than uh, than what you know you're used to, especially traveling um, all the way to Troy, Alabama, and uh, almost to Georgia at that point. So um, tough tough road travel, but uh, but I'm sure this Bobcat team has something up their sleeve to get a win out of that one. But we're going to go ahead and uh, move on to some Texas State volleyball. Another pretty hot team, five and one in the Sun Belt, thirteen and five overall, coming off a six nothing sweep uh, in a weekend series against the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. And um, I mentioned this earlier in the year. The back-to-back games that uh, that that volleyball the volleyball schedule has this year it's something that I haven't seen before, um, but it does uh, give your give your squad an opportunity to uh, to even if something happens um, in in that first game to kind of bounce back. We saw that against James Madison um, here at home, but uh, going on the road and getting six six wins against the Raging Cajuns, you can't be disappointed in that, especially after last year's struggles against that team. Yeah, you mentioned last year's struggles. Texas State did struggle quite a bit against Louisiana. Louisiana dropping matches against them, but this year they they went over there um, to Lafayette and really put on a good performance this past weekend. Lauren Teske's really um, finding her stride right now with 26 kills over this past weekend. Uh, she's been a hitter that's really stepped up for this Texas State offense. Um, Janelle Fitzgerald led the way on Friday night with 18 kills of her, excuse me, 11 kills of her own. So this is a Texas State team who's, who's stepping up night in and night out, and I think they're starting to hit their stride in time especially with this upcoming match this weekend against Southern Miss yeah absolutely and you know when we went when we were talking about because the week before the weekend before that they played uh, James Madison and they went you know four and five, uh, five and four on you know on the turn in that weekend so for them to bounce back like this 3-0 against another good conference team is is well done and like you said and you know Jillian Slaughter and Janelle Fitzgerald have been absolutely outstanding so far this season especially you know on the kills side and, and on the aces side as well so but 
you know, uh, this volleyball team, we have, you know, the utmost respect for them because of what they're doing this past season. Like you said, you know, bounce back from, you know, what they had to deal with last year is is really big. And then, you know, another another chance to, you know, dominate at home and stuff this weekend. And so let's hope for the Bobcats to, you know, get another sweep of all possible. So big game against Southern Miss right here at home uh, in Strahan Arena. So be sure to get out to that one and uh, and uh, go support your Bo- Lady Bobcats. But uh, Texas State Volleyball, top of the West Division as well, just like their, uh, their counterparts over there in the soccer field um, and uh, doing a good job at it. Tied up with South Alabama in that first spot. And then on the other side, uh, Coastal Carolina. Carolina is in their top spot with 6-0 conference record. James Madison, with their one loss to Texas State, puts them in second place in the East. But uh, that's going to be it for our first half of everything. But before we go to a quick break, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bars is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Like I said, going to take a quick break, but on the other side of it, we got a lot more to cover. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio right here on KTSW 89.9. And welcome back to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I've got my producer, Joey Gonzalez, co-host, Kobe Jackson, and this is your host, Kyle Owen. Coming back with some Texas State football. Big win for these guys. Big win for the Bobcats. Um, beat App State this past weekend and uh, in, on family weekend and a good crowd to show in front. 25,000 plus, the biggest crowd in Sunbelt history for the Bobcats during a Sunbelt game and the fifth largest crowd ever at Bobcat Stadium in the 36-24 win over the Appalachian State Mountaineers. But uh, a great one there. App State, you know, took down sleeping giant of texas a&m lost against james madison uh or beat troy lost against james madison came back and uh and uh took a loss against texas state as well here at home but uh man you gotta be gotta give credit to these guys um especially the defense they've been putting it on all season long and it finally really really showed um in this game against app state and and the offense was able to get a little bit of momentum to uh to keep that defense, uh, keep them rested and keep them, uh, keep them on the bench for a little longer than, uh, than, uh, what they're used to. So, um, good job there by the Bobcats at getting a win against powerful app state. Kyle, you and I talked about last week about the, uh, the offense seeing to step up. We thought that the defense has played great all year long and they faced the quarterback of Bryce chase that, or chase Bryce, chase Bryce that yeah. had a, uh, that, has been ranked nationally in several categories and he threw for 395 yards but the Texas State defense stood stood strong only allowing less than 60 yards rushing so this is a defense who really stepped up on the rushing game and then the offense finally coming together uh Lane Hatcher threw for 280 yards and then I talked about having to spread out um the passing game and they finally did that I found Ashton Hawkins Charles Brown Javen Banks even Marcel Barbie I mean if you're naming four different receivers that shows that Lane Hatcher is not just targeting one guy like he was doing earlier in the season and this is going to make the d the offense a lot less um predictable going in the games in the future yeah and then when we were you know when i was you know in the studio you know holding down the boards for uh for this past weekend i was watching it at the same time and i was i was just watching the offense and how everything was just clicking everything was just going right in the first half you know only having them score three points in the first half you got to give you got to give that defense a lot of credit because of you know the way they you know held their ground but if you look at 
if you look at the statistics here for, you know, the Bobcats, Lane Hatcher, two, 26 of 36, 281, two touchdowns and only interception. I mean, not that's not bad. I know the interception kind of kills a little bit, but their running game was actually more impressive. Lincoln, uh, I think it's Lincoln Parr. Pair. Pair, pair. okay. Pair. Lincoln Pair, you know, 20, uh, 20 attempts for 64 yards for rushing. That's not bad, but we've been kind of, you know, wondering where the running game has been for the Bobcats, and it kind of finally, you know, showed that, you know, as, you um, as the weekend went on. So very impressive win for the Bobcats, especially when, uh, you know, against Appalachian State, who we all thought was going to be a very tough team, especially in the Sun Belt. But, you know, with obviously with, you know, the knockoff of Texas A&M, which was still big, you know, I think. But, you know, another good win for the Bobcats. But I think this is this is going to be now testimony time for them. And hopefully they can go, uh, you know, keep winning, moving on in the conference. Yeah. And then we talk about uh, we talk about, you know, the big players are on offense and everything. But uh, you got about talk about Tory Spears as well. Uh, defensive player, uh, Sunbelt Conference defensive player of the week had interception, 96 yards, 97 yards for a touchdown. And uh, that one was a lot of fun to watch sitting there in the Cats Garden, just seeing seeing him just come those that 97 yards all the way downfield and, <laughs> and uh it was just like man it was just a complete game changer there especially there in the third quarter and um it just really turned that switch off for app state and kind of just put them uh put them at bay and so a great job by the tech state bobcats um you know they're gonna have a tough one this upcoming week against troy um you know the first time they've ever beaten app state troy a team that they haven't beat since 1997 uh got to take the road travel all the way to troy alabama and uh hopefully get a win there at veterans memorial stadium in troy but uh we'll have to see man it's uh it's gonna take a full team effort and uh you can't have a uh can't have an app state hangover yeah whenever i was looking at the schedule i thought this would be the roughest part of the season you had james madison app state and troy i mean i thought those were three games that would be very difficult for the bobcats to win and i think even just if you go um one and two in this three game stretch it's a lot better than than what a lot of people would expect and honestly this is a tech state team who's just three games away from bowl eligibility have only done it once in the program history and that season they didn't qualify for a bowl game so i mean this is a texas state team who they're positioning themselves in a position that they would want to be at this point in the season i think if you go to troy and you get that win i think it's it's a huge boost i think this is a team who will see at the light at the end of the tunnel and know this is a chance to get to a bowl game yeah and you know this troy team like Kyle, like you said haven't beaten them in quite some time but when we look at you know this troy team they're four and two on the year and like you said possible bowl eligibility we, there's a level of consistency in college football. You have to, you know, kind of make sure that every every pieces are put together correctly, and you just got to make sure you can move forward. And everything that you know, but the Bobcats have done, and everything that Troy has done so far in the season has been progressing. So, you know, another tough matchup for the Sun Belt, uh, Tech State against Troy. This is going to be Troy's homecoming game this weekend when they, you know, when the Bobcats go to Troy. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup on how uh, you know their offense can kind of move the ball a lot more uh, against this Troy defense. So let's let's see what happens. Yeah, Troy defense is very tough team. They've got a lot of guys uh, with over uh, forty tackles. Got a Three guys with over 40 tackles and uh, multiple guys with multiple sacks. TJ Jackson has five and a half. Uh, Richard 
Richard Jubinar has four four sacks right there, and uh, man, it, and then there's a couple guys right behind two and a half and two there. So that's a lot of guys getting involved in the backfield, and uh, and they're consistently up there. And and thinking about it, the other side of the ball, they've got four wide receivers with over 200 yards pass or 200 yards receiving, mm-hmm. and three of those guys are over 320. So uh, these guys are getting involved, and uh, Gunnar Watson showing throwing the ball. I mean, slinging it almost 1500 yards already on the season, and then in the backfield, two guys with over 250 yards rushing so uh gonna have to look out for this troy team i mean it's not gonna be an easy one for the bobcats walking into troy and uh trying to get a win against the trojans but uh but you know anything can happen as we saw last week and uh and the bobcats are are gonna be doing their best to 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 get in to to come back home for mm-hmm. with a win so and uh and one game closer to bowl eligibility but um speaking of a team that's that's uh, starting off their district conference play uh pretty pretty well um texas or san marcus high school football started off their district play one and oh with a win over shirts clemens and uh shirts team who's not bad not bad at all and uh and san marcus uh had some struggles here in the in the beginning of the season you know start off their season uh, two and three, a couple overtime games and uh, and uh, some tough losses there late. But um, especially including the one that was on homecoming, uh, was was not a a pretty sight there to see. But uh, but a good win against the Shirts Clemens Buffaloes this past week, and um, and it got a tough one coming up this uh, this upcoming week. Yeah, you look at the past couple weeks. I think John Walsh prepared his team as best as they could coming off that bye week. I'm sure he liked those first five games of the season. Those two overtime games, the tough losses. I mean, talk about the Eagle Pass game. I mean, I'm sure those guys had to really um, recover from that one. And I think they had a, a, a great game plan coming out against Scherzer Clemens. I mean, um, tie all all game long. I mean, Scherzer Clemens has a history of being a very successful program. They're one of two teams that was above 500 in District 27. 6A entering last Friday and San Marcos comes in and gets the win over Clemens and now they put themselves as one of those winning programs and now they're a team that has a target on their back and if San Marcos can continue to play well I mean this is a team that could put themselves in position to get a playoff appearance yeah absolutely and you know I've been to I've been for those of you who don't know I'm from the San Marcos area and I've known you know San Marcos sports for the longest time you know I love seeing San Marcos come together as a community as a team to finally you know, embrace, you know, all the chances that they have for playoff contentions. And this team could prove that it, it's, it's been showing, you know, between the combination of Jaden Brown and, you know, Jake Rodriguez Schultz on, you know, on the run game. And then uh, Tony Diaz being the strong receiver that he is, it's been an absolute, you know, combination of offense for this, uh, for this Rattler team. But again, but as far as Clemens goes, it was a tough game. Cause again, penalties have been the killer for them. Really the honestly, the whole story of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been an up and down, grind for the Rattlers but this is going to be a tough tough steel Knights team 6-0 currently uh, as their record but honestly this is going to be a tight matchup in the making I'm really excited for it you talked about the uh, the culture change here at uh, in San Marcos for football, and uh, you just you got to credit John Walsh for that one. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they brought him in uh, coming out from uh, from Denton Ryan, and uh, man, I mean, he had a good program over there, and and they wanted they wanted to see the same here in San Marcos. They wanted to see wins, they wanted to see playoffs, and and uh, they did so last year, and uh, they're they're fighting for another shot this year, and, and and the culture is definitely changing. I've seen in the past two years just the the exponential fan support that. That's been uh, that's been um, been involved with the Rattlers, and it's just it's it's creating a San Marcos football culture, and 
as long as the Rattlers and the Bobcats keep winning on the football field, I think uh, this town could turn up to a, turn into a football town here soon. It's mm-hmm. it's rumbling and and people want it, man. It's it's <laughs> people are have been waiting for it and uh, and uh, man, it's 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 time to go. So uh, Rattlers, Texas State, Bobcats getting uh, getting hot here with as when it is time and uh, hopefully they can keep it up. But speaking of time to get hot, it is October. It is time for the playoffs, baseball playoffs, that is, MLB, Mission October, and a shot for a pennant. Yesterday was the, uh, uh, I guess, the second day of games, right? It was the uh, first first day of the divisional series. First day of divisional, sorry. And uh, all all the games were played, um, and uh, they were all really good. And uh, I think we can start off with the earliest game and go with the the Phillies and the Braves. Uh, Phillies came out with that one pretty pretty early um had a solid lead there had it had it in their hands and uh the braves though it's never a team with over 100 wins that you can you can count out of a game and uh almost clawed their way back there in the in the ninth with uh with a three-run home run from uh oh man i'm blinking matt carpenter right yeah uh matt carpenter with the home run there at the very end of the game and uh and a pretty good uh and a pretty good rally to try to get get a win off the phillies but the phillies and uh bryce harper um getting it done in the first game of that series yeah i think everybody stepped up for the phillies especially coming off of that wild card win against the cardinals they had to keep that success going a lot of people um favor the braves especially with that last minute comeback that they had to clinch the nl east mm. late in the season so i think the phillies did a great job coming into atlanta and really just shutting them down i mean you got ronald acuna um they got all over max freed to be in that game nick Cassianos, um i believe it was two to two for two to begin the game two two. so i mean this was a this is a phillies team who started off red hot they were stringing together base hits to begin the ball game and now the braves they find themselves in a position having to win a game but as kyle said a hundred win team that you cannot count cannot just down a 1-0 in the nlds yeah no doubt and when i was watching the game i was like man phillies are about to blow them out but you know i love the braves fighting spirit because you know if you look at you know obviously their last year their championship run mm-hmm. that they had it was significant for the city of Atlanta and you know for the state of Georgia but you know this year they're trying to repeat but they hit a roadblock yesterday against a really good you know Philadelphia Phillies team with Kyle Schwarber Bryce Harper you know the Segura they're all all talented and honestly I didn't think that the Phillies were even going to make it into the postseason I knew they were probably going to have a winning record Mm -hmm. I just didn't think they would probably go far like in the postseason but you know they proved me wrong they absolutely proved me wrong and for them to get the first game of the series uh, at in Atlanta, that's that's tough, especially in baseball matters. That's that's very tough. So, but you know, game two is a whole different game, a whole different crowd, you know, a whole different atmosphere. Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping hoping it's going to be another good game. But honestly, I think the Braves will probably bounce back in that, and it'll probably I would say probably go to five games. If I was looking at the series overall, I'd say go to five. Oh yeah, I definitely see and see that happening for sure. Uh, it's com- two competitive teams that aren't aren't going to let down until until the, <laughs> the whistle blows. So, um, moving on to the next game, uh, we'll go ahead and move it to New York and Cleveland. Um, we'll skip over the Astros for now, um, but the New York and Cleveland uh, that game, Garrett Cole uh, he gave up a home run, but uh, but besides that shut it down got the win yeah. uh one run um allowed against cleveland and uh i believe it's uh i think it was i think it's they have seven he has seven home runs 
allowed? No, in, yeah, like it's like every single start that he has, he has seven in a row, seven home runs allowed in the postseason in a row. It's the longest streak um, in MLB right now, uh, which is very interesting because, I mean, Garrett Cole's great pitcher. Absolutely. The the, the ace uh, during the, uh, and, and ace during the Houston's World Series campaign and then coming back to uh, uh, to New York to to get, I mean, to be their ace as well. So uh, Garrett Cole shut it down and um, four runs for the Yankees was enough. And uh, even though it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been enough to win any of the other games, but mm-hmm. um, was enough to beat the Guardians and uh, and uh, and get out of the first game in New York alive with a win. Yeah, the Guardians had chances and they're going to have to capitalize if they want to beat the Yankees in this series. I believe it was the top of the third inning where they had bases loaded, yep. uh, one out, and Garrett Cole found a way to get out of that. And um, specifically, I'm talking the Phillies, Padres, and Guardians. If they want to win these series, especially being the underdog in these divisional series, they have to capitalize on opportunities like that. And bases loaded and leaving three guys stranded is not going to get you the win. So the Guardians have to find a way um, in game two. To, to capitalize with those runners on base. Yeah, and like Kyle, like you said earlier, Garrett Cole has been you know one of those pitchers that can get it done. But when it comes to postseason, it's it's kind of been just a you know a hump in the road. I know giving up that one home run, you know, not that big deal, especially if you have like an outstanding lead. But you know the Yankees, you know, coming off in the historic season, obviously with Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge hitting sixty two homers and you know American League record. You know, I honestly think that maybe that could be maybe I guess you could say their stopping point, but you never know because October baseball, you know, postseason baseball can be different. It's unpredictable. But, you know, alluding to what y'all were saying earlier, Garrett Cole, absolutely outstanding. His ERA now is uh, is one four two ERA now in postseason after yesterday's game. So, um, you know, Anthony Rizzo with that, you know, bombing home run yesterday. Absolutely insane but you know this this cleveland yankee series i'm really you know really intrigued by it because of all the stars that are in you know that are in this matchup but um yeah another game you know and like i said another game for for both teams and uh possibly possibly another win for the yankees let's see how cleveland responds so we'll move over to uh to the team that kobe's sporting today uh <laughs> wearing astros shirt astros hat yesterday i wore my bregman jersey uh he got a home run in the game but yes. he wasn't the only one and it wasn't the most important one it was definitely important they needed the home run to win <laughs> but it wasn't the most important one the man of the night Jordan Alvarez uh, I mean that guy absolutely bombed it to get away with a win on that one and uh, did a great great job there uh, in getting his team uh, across the plate to, to, f- to finish that game and walk it off man it was a it was a good one and uh, I, I'm gonna be honest I wrote it off pretty early I was watching it here <laughs> and I was watching it here on campus in class and uh, and when it got bad it got a real pretty ugly there for a second and and it just, and then I had to go into work and I just, at that point I just had turned it off and, and didn't even think about it anymore until I saw some snaps from friends and, and, uh, and man, it was, it, I'm, I'm proud of the Astros team getting away with a win on that one. Uh, as a fan, I was screaming in my, in my bedroom with my door shut, just screaming at the TV. Cause the minute he hit, the minute Alvarez hit it, I knew it was gone from the minute cause the ball just shot out like a rocket. But just the game in general, I'll talk about the walk-off in a minute, but the game in general, 
you know, the Astros, you know, had great momentum, you know, coming down from seven to three to make it seven to five. And then obviously the walk off with Alvarez to make it eight to seven in the final. It was it was unreal. It was an unreal fight for this Astros team. You know, they're considered one of the hottest teams in baseball at the moment. But, you know, game two today, it's going to be tough. It's going to be fun. And hopefully another Astros win. Yeah. Game two tomorrow, actually. Uh, but uh, but going okay. ahead and uh, uncharacteristic loss or uh, difficult time for uh, for um, Justin Verlander. But moving on to the final game of the night, uh, San Diego Chargers right there. Um, Joey Padres. Or, yes, the Padres. <laughs> uh, the Chargers don't even exist anymore in, in San Diego. But uh, uh, the San Diego Padres uh, supporting the cap over there. And um, before we get things wrapped up, uh, Joey, let's hear your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think the Padres have a have a better chance um, tonight to pull off a win. The next three nights are going to have a good chance. You got you Darvish starting tonight. Blake's now um, for game for game three, and then if you go to game four, you got Joe Musgrove who got his ears checked on Sunday night. Joe Musgrove was really <laughs> impressive against the Mets, so they're going to have to step up. I think Manny Machado and Juan Soto are going to have to take the ball out of the yard if the Padres want to want to take at least one and go back to Petco Park with an even series. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be a good one. And uh, Clayton Kershaw facing off against you Darvish tonight, so. Two star names coming on, uh, and a good game if you're if you're into baseball. So go ahead and watch that one. But um, that's pretty much our time for the day. But uh, before we get things going, I'm gonna throw it over to. Kobe for the weather. So right now it is 84 degrees right now in summer because it was a low of 69 early this morning. So for those of you who were walking to class early this morning, I hope that felt good. It's supposed to get high of 97 and then tomorrow is supposed to be a low of 66 and a high of 94 degrees. So pretty much pretty much all sun with a little cool breeze and stuff. You know, another week for and I know some people got midterms and stuff coming up this week. So let's get after it. Yeah, man. Well, that's going to be our time for the day, but make sure to keep up everything Text with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at KTSW Sports. That's at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with all things Texas State and San Marcos related. But for Kobe Jackson and Joey Gonzalez, I'm Kyle Owen, and thank you for the listening to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.